Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What the Bills need to do Sunday to make sure the rematch isn't a repeat. Plus, why this game isn't just for the AFC East, it's a referendum on the process. And the NFL Network's Mike Giardi joins us to tell us what he expects to see in Foxborough. That all comes up on this week's edition of the Buffalo Plus Podcast. Welcome back to the Buffalo Plus Podcast. Mike Catalana, Dan Fates, I am Jenna Cottrell. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We always appreciate it. A big week ahead. The Bills taking on the Patriots for round two. We know how that first round went. This game will be in Foxborough. Mike, what does this Bills team need to do to not get swept by New England this season? Well, look, for many reasons, it's going to be a very different game. I think uh, we don't know for sure what the weather is. Just assume it's going to be cold. It's not going to be as bad as it was in Orchard Park that day. Uh, The game plans will be different. Uh, It was unique circumstances. But what's not different about the two games is New England's better on both lines of scrimmage. I think that's fair to say. And I think what the Bills need to do to avoid getting swept and to figure out a way to handle some of the things New England does is to mitigate that. I'm not saying all of a sudden the Bills offensive line is great and everything is perfect, but they can play better than they did on that Monday night. And certainly defensively, they can get up more opportunities to go after Mac Jones. And I'm going to say it right now, as long as he's playing, he will throw more than three passes in the game coming up on Sunday. Hot take from Catalana there. Um, yeah, I think this game, it's funny. You talk about like the game plan and, and how you scheme this up. It's almost like it's a totally different game just because of how unique the weather was. And again, as I've said yeah. before, I don't think this wasn't some snow globe game. This wasn't, yes, it was windy, but I really think, I think the, the it got mentally affected the game more than it really did on the field for the coaches. I, I just think that's the way yeah. it was. And so, Mike, you're, you're 100% right that the Patriots are better at both lines of scrimmage. They're better at running the ball. They're better on the defensive line. But I feel like those got amplified because of the game plans and because of the situations yeah. where we saw, you know, I, I think the Panthers had a better defensive line than the Bills' offensive line, and that showed as Spencer Brown really kind of got worked at left tackle. But they yeah. were able to work around it. And it's funny because they, they did get some success on the running game. Like Devin Singletary did have a season high 85 yards. But I felt like it was the passing game that set up the running game. And I think that's where you found a little bit of success in that second half against the Bucks, where teams are now so gung-ho on the ends. And so of like, we're just going to rush them. We're going to rush Josh. We're going to try and beat him around the end. And you kind of run where, where they should be, where defensive ends now are not containing the running game, they don't respect it at all. Where Devin Singletary and Josh Allen have had some success with some big long with some long runs in Bill's terms, <laughs> 15 yard, 16 yard runs are like a hundred yard runs. So mm-hmm. I think that's where they can maybe find a little bit of success and have found success over the last two weeks. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think the the game plan was so targeted around the, how the weather was that they couldn't really divert from that because it was so heavily in the pregame preparation in that first game. And then also you talk about the lines of stream, scrimmage being stronger for New England. The quarterback is obviously way in, bu- in Buffalo's favor. Like Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. I mean, that's no question there. And so for them to kind of amplify that and exploit that, I think Allen did a good job of getting the ball out uh, against the Panthers in that game. There wasn't any like huge splash. You know, he had that that pass to Gabriel Davis that, you know, right off of Davis's fingertips. But I think because of what Allen can do, and if, if you're right, if they're able to have the offensive line give Josh just enough time, mm-hmm. then I feel like they'll be able to make this one a game and have it be like the Bills can actually – you know, compete in this game and win this game. My, my worry though is, is that this Bills team, Mike, they've struggled and lost in close games this season. Well, they have, that has not been their forte. And I think it's because, you know, again, when it gets down to that time, it's not about big splash plays. It's about sometimes doing the little things. They've been in yeah. the red zone with a chance to win a few of those games and didn't get it done. But Jenna, you make a really good point about taking what's there and then sort of accentuating your advantages. And one certainly is the quarterback. Um, and isn't it funny, you know, that game was more about the Patriots game in, in, or- in Orchard Park was more about how they ran it and ran it and, and didn't need to throw it. And then the question yeah. was, well, are they, are they hiding Mac Jones? And how quickly everything changes. Look at these past couple of weeks. Yep. <laughs> then we see Mac Jones. And I'm not saying that means he's going to play lousy on Sunday. I, I, my yeah. guess is. He'll throw, like I said, he's going to throw more than he did against the Bills, and he'll probably play better than he did against the Colts because he was pretty bad in that game. But how quickly things change when you look at it. And even the Bucs, you know, the second half of the game, the first half of the game looks like the Bucs are going to score 50 against the Bills. Then the Bills shut them down, and then the Saints shut them out. And I know they lost players, but things can change quickly in the NFL. And isn't it interesting, Dan, that that game plan of run it down your throat Pass in a limited amount of times, all of a sudden got shifted to Bill Belichick and the Colts. Yeah. Uh, by the Colts. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, Art of War, you know, Frank Reich's favorite book, I guess, because looks like he implemented that against Bill Belichick. Well, the, the run it down your throat mentality, um, I'm not going to, this isn't breaking news. It really <laughs> only works when you're ahead. Like that's part yeah. of it. And the Patriots, for a lot of their games, again, where I, when I said a couple of weeks ago that the Patriots were a problem and everybody's like, well, they haven't beaten anybody. Yeah. Well, they beat them by, he, they beat teams by 30 something points in average margin, but yeah. they, they have the formula. It's kind of like in a weird way, they're kind of like the Ravens were a couple of years ago where their offense is built to grind you down, wear you down third and three, third and one, they'll, they'll, they'll get it just enough. But when it comes to them, all of a sudden having to come back in games, they're really not built for that. Mac Jones has never been that guy where it's like, he's going to lead you down the field to score. It, they, they just haven't done that. Now, they haven't been asked to do it a lot. But again, a quick start, a 10-point lead, 14-point lead like the Bills actually got against Carolina really takes – just flips this whole script on to force Mac Jones to beat you. I think in, in you know, in uh, you know the, the Patriots game plan is going to be, you know, don't let Josh Allen beat you. The Bills game plan defensively has to be, don't let the running game beat you. Make mm-hmm. Mac Jones beat you. And, and so this, this getting the lead, and also another thing too, guys, and I want to ask Mike Giardi about this, the Patriots have had three punts blocked this year. 
very uncharacteristic and especially also against the Colts, some bad penalties. Like yeah. when they get behind, just like they're human, they're mm-hmm. second team. They get tight. They had someone, you know, some false starts. You know, I, I thought he, uh, Mac Jones looked rattled in Lucas oil stadium on Saturday night. Yeah. I think that getting onto a fast start is just going to be so huge because we also know just how much, like the momentum of that game or just like physically how it would feel if the Patriots were able to walk down the field, score, walk down the field, score it just emotionally, I would worry about where this team would mm-hmm. be at because I feel like that's what initially happened in that Tampa game is the bucks were able to get out to a good start. They had that Leonard Fournette long touchdown run. And it was like, Oh my God, it's, it's, you know, this Colts game, it's happening all over again. Obviously they were able to battle back in that second half and make it a, a game. I mean, pushing into overtime and all of that, but I would just worry about like emotionally. I know that sounds silly, but like that would feel very different than going into Foxborough, scoring first and putting the Patriots on their heels. And Jenna, we're recording this podcast on Monday afternoon. What did Micah Hyde say yesterday after the game? It was beautiful. Confidence is a hell of a drug. Favorite quote. I, t- I asked him that question and mm-hmm. I said to Jenna right after, Oh, Dan's going to love that. I <laughs> he loved it. Did. Confidence right. is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Uh, stay positive, test negative. Those are the two sayings that Dan Fates lives by in the year 2021 <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> well, we love that. All right. Let's talk about this though, because there is the possibility of this Buffalo team losing this game. And I mean, we know these teams are built so differently between new England and the page or the bills and just, you know, last year was so different for this Patriots team. And then for them to have a rookie quarterback and kind of have the success that they're having this season, Mike, you mentioned in the open how it's like, could this be a referendum on the process? And I want you to explain that because okay. yeah, I think that's that's a realistic thing. All right. Goal number one for all these teams. And it's funny when people will like debate that. No, goal number one is to win the division. They all say it. They all believe it. And it's the truth because when you win the division, you're in the playoffs, you get a home game. You want to own your division. I mean, obviously New England owned it for two decades. The Bills started to build. Patriots took a step down. Bills got their quarterback. Patriots were playing with nobody. And the Bills dominated, beat them twice, swept them, blew them out in the second game. So it's your division. And then you come into this year. Look, if they split, they split. Especially if they split now, the Bills will probably end up winning the AFC East. So you can say you held them off your rivals. But if New England wins this game and wins it, even even if it's close, but if they win it by a touchdown, win it in any way, you're talking about in the year the Bills are predicted by many to be a Super Bowl contender, maybe even to be the favorite to go there. And you don't get out of your own division and it's the Patriots again, and it's with a rookie quarterback. You said it in the beginning, Jenna, these teams are built differently. They are built at the line of scrimmage. While the Bills have attempted to do that on the D-line and somewhat on the O-line, mm-hmm. it's not the strength. You can almost make an argument it's the weakness of this team. So yeah. they're done in a different way. I think the Bills can address that in the offseason. But, Dan, we're talking prime time to be ready to be one of those teams. And – This game sort of says, okay, are you that team? Is the first game the aberration of the last four, which would have been three Bills wins, or do they sweep you in 21 and win the division? Yeah. Well, you talk about like things that have to be addressed in the offseason. Last offseason, it wasn't just one person from the Bills. It wasn't just Bean. It wasn't just McDermott. It wasn't just the players. It was everybody talking about the Chiefs. It was, we've got to find a way to beat the Chiefs. We've got to find a way to beat the Chiefs. And I, it was almost like 
you, you, you lost the tree for the forest or whatever that saying is, you know, like they, they yeah. were so focused on the chiefs that it was like, well, the Patriots, like they've got years before they get their, this stuff back. Right. And I remember Mike, you being like, he's Bill Belichick. Like he's going to be back in no time. And all of a sudden he goes, while everybody's zigging, he's zagging and builds this team to give fits to where the NFL has changed to a smaller defense, faster defense, speed coverage, and he's going against the grain. And it's like they, they just didn't pay attention to inside their division. It just seemed like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, this defense, Trey White, we're going to win this division for a while. We got to focus on, you know, hosting the AFC champ. We got to focus on hosting the AFC championship game. And it's like, hang on. Like th this is one of those things where it's like, you still have the greatest coach of all time in your division yeah. being the, the master chemist in the lab, creating a, a Frankenstein monster again with guys that have been cast away. And they paid a lot of money in the off season to, to rebuild this and, and make this AFC East a monster. And Mike, you're right. This is the, the this game will be the, the referendum on how they Bean and McDermott have built this team. We have a very special guest on the Buffalo plus podcast, Mike GRD, of the NFL Network joining us now. You cover the Patriots. You are all over TV, on Twitter. We want to get your take on this Bills-Pats game. We know a lot on the line, including the AFC East title. What do you expect on Sunday? I expect it's going to be a blood and guts game. I mean, I think <laughs> both teams come into this thinking it's a must-win game. Obviously, Buffalo, you know, finally conquered the beast last year. Sean sort of savored that. And then to lose that game on Monday night in those conditions, the way it happened, I think that left a terrible taste. And I think they're anxious to get here, as you guys well know, being around them, uh, anxious to get here and prove that that was a, a one-off and they're still the team to beat. And the Patriots look at it as like, that was ours last year. We had this down year. We were playing with Cam. You guys got us when we were at our weakest, but now we're building back up again and we're, we're going to show you who's boss again. So I think this is just um, – this is what December football is all about. This is a playoff game, in my opinion. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Josh Allen was talking about how the playoffs started this past week for this Bills team. We know that they have the pressure on them right now. That game that the Bills saw the Patriots in uh, on Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago, we know Mac Jones only threw the ball three times. Uh, I would expect him to throw the ball a little bit more on Sunday. What do you make of, of this rookie quarterback kind of coming into a situation of this is, like you said, a playoff caliber type of game. What do you expect from him? I think he showed you sort of what he was made of if you watched the game Saturday night in Indianapolis in the second half. The first half didn't go his way. Got picked off by Darius Leonard. The ball he had to get out quicker. Leonard was just locked into his eyes, picked it off. That killed points in the red zone. Uh, got picked off again by Okereke in the corner there, I mean, on the sideline. And I think, you know, get to halftime and you're like, what has happened? And now it's all on him, right? The running game wasn't working. They were down deep and he had to throw the ball and he threw them back into the game. So there are a lot of questions locally and actually nationally too. Like, well, if he gets in that spot, he doesn't have the arm or like he doesn't have the experience to be able to do it. And I think he showed you he can do it. Now they didn't win the game. So that's, I guess, the next step. You actually, I guess you have to do it to do it to win it, right? But in that case, I think he put them in position to be back in the game. And I think there's a lot to build on there. And, you know, to go back to the Monday night game, I know there were a lot of people that wanted to, well, he just, you know, they didn't trust him. And I think there was a little bit of that and not even trust, but just this is a massive spot for a rookie. Mm -hmm. The conditions are absolutely horrible. He's never played at anything like this in his life. Yeah. If we get in front, there's no need to push it. Now, if they had to throw, they would have had, you know, they would have. 
yeah. but they didn't have to. They stayed in front. Yeah, there could have been a few more passes maybe in that spot, maybe a couple of play actions late in that game. But I think in general, they felt like as long as we're in front, we're not going to expose them to that. I expect, you know, it was a different game on Saturday night against the Colts. I expect it's going to be a much different game against Buffalo Sunday. Mike, Mike when I look at uh, – oh, sorry, Dan. I was going to say, when I look at the two coaches – Belichick's the best of all time. I mean, I, I think I don't think that's any hot take, right? I think he yeah. is. Sean McDermott is an accomplished guy who's still on his way up. I think he believes that. But the dynamic between the two of them, uh, you know, when he got asked after the game about the psychological component of going against Belichick, and you've been around McDermott a little bit too. He mm-hmm. was having none of that. And we saw a little break in the normal Sean McDermott. Like, don't mm-hmm. give Bill too much credit. What do you make of the obvious respect and abilities, but the dynamic about those two coaches. Honestly, Sean can think it. He should never have said it. Uh, And I know we all appreciate the, you know, we want guys to be honest with us. We want them to say what they feel. But in that case, that's one of those things that's going to find its way around Foxborough all week. And whether that's gives them a 0.5% boost on their game, why give them that? You know, and that's something I think that Bill has over the last 20 years, having covered this team, it's one of the things that they've become masters at, right? They don't really say anything until after the game. And usually if they say it after the game, it's because they know they're not going to see you again until next year. So we're not going to, hey, we might see you in January. So we're not going to go run our mouth now because we don't want to give you that because that's how we're coached to do it here. And look, like I said, I think Sean was right. I don't think it was this, oh my God, uh, Bill Belichick, you know, coached his pants off on the sidelines there. But I just, you, you, you don't say it. I think that this is something that this uh, culture here in New England has sort of taught me is better to say nothing than to say something that could perhaps cause, you know, some sort of motivation for the other side. Yeah. And in terms of that, from that game, you know, a lot was made about the offensive game plan. We just talked about it, you know, a little bit of Mac and, and a lot of running. I thought the Patriots defense won the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bills had so many chances and had so many red zone issues and, and Belichick never needed to even come out of that in order to play it. Uh, do you think they still have that confidence, even if the weather is, you know, just normal, bad, you know, yeah, you know, Foxborough weather in sure. December? I think they have great faith in their defense when it comes to how they play in the red zone. I think they've shown it for, you know, months and months now that that's sort of the team they are. So, you know, kind of goes back to the old school thinking in the early 2000s when they were winning Super Bowls, it was the bend, but don't break. You know, you guys can drive the ball between the twenties, but when you get in the red area, we're going to either turn you over, force you out on downs, or you're going to kick three and we'll take three over seven any day of the week. And I think that's how they feel about this group. Like the tighter it gets that they have enough playmakers to make it difficult on you. So yeah, I think they have a great deal of faith in their defense. I think they showed it to you in the game again, going back to Saturday night with the Colts, where nine minutes left, 20 to seven, uh, fourth and goal. I was perplexed by the call. They kick a field goal, they make it 20 to 10. And you're, well, you know, you still got to score two more times to even tie the game. But they were looking at it, and Belichick talked about it today about our. Our defense was playing well. We felt like we had them figured out and we were stopping them. We were going to give ourselves an opportunity. And sure enough, they sort of did, right? They get another touchdown. It's 20 to 17. And then Taylor finally, as they're selling out to to stop the run, he breaks one to the house. But that's sort of how they feel about their defense. They'll put it on that group and say, win us the game or hold that game for us. We believe in you. We were all actually having dinner Saturday night watching the game, the three of us. And I'm going, Mike, I go, this is four down territory. Like this is, there's no question. And I go, I'm sure analytic people, their heads exploded. Because what, 
I guess around Buffalo, we're still trying to figure out what the identity of this Bills offense is to some respects. I know the Patriots wanted this ground and pound, but like I have seen Mac Jones make some experienced throws, some throws where I went, wow, like what is this? I, I mean, we saw one identity on Monday night, but that was, I feel like, extreme conditions. Like what do the Patriots want to be offensively? I still think they want to be a power running football team. I think that was really the turn for them when they went on this win streak was sort of the offensive line came together. They had some injuries. They were kind of trying to figure out guys in different spots during that time. They inserted Ted Karras at left guard. Trent Brown finally comes back from the calf injury, and then it was a different ball game. Now, all of a sudden, they're ripping off chunks of yards on the ground. Then that plays into the play action. Max really smart. He gets them in the right play a lot. I mean, there was, to Josh McDaniel's point, after the fact – on that Buffalo game, he said, you know, like he only threw the ball three times. So that part of the tape is pretty easy to go through, but people discount him being responsible for sort of getting us into the right runs. All right, we're going to run here, but he sees something. He changes the run to this, or, Hey, he sees the blocking and he changes the blocking to this. And it allows us to get a few more yards out of the play, which in a game like that, every mm -hmm. little yard counts. So I think that's really what they'd like to be. They'd like to be a team that gets in front plays that way because they have faith in their defense, run the ball, play action. And again, sort of lessen what has to be on Mac shoulders. But again, yeah. I think he's proven over time that he can handle a fair amount that's put on those shoulders. It's funny after the, the right before the Monday night game, I had tweeted out that the Patriots are a problem. And I had all of Bill's mafia going, well, they, they haven't played anybody. Yeah. What are they like? What are you talking about? Wait till they see us on Monday night and all the things. I feel like, you know, it just seemed like they were, this team that was going to build to kind of run away and possibly have home field and all these things. And then Saturday night happens. It's a step back. All of a sudden Sunday becomes everything where the bills seemed like they were dead. Can't win two games in a row. They lose two straight. Where is the sense, you know, kind of around Foxborough of leading into this game? Yeah, no question. I think they look, they understand the talent that they're facing in Buffalo. There's no, we can talk about the McDermott Belichick dynamic, mm -hmm. but like, what Josh is able to do, the sort of challenges that he presents as a mobile quarterback, but with that arm to make every single throw possible. Um, you know, the playmakers that they have, Diggs versus J.C. Jackson, you don't get to see it a lot because that Monday night weather wasn't great. Well, now, what's it like if there's a one-on-one -on -one situation and it's 25 degrees and the wind's only blowing 10 miles an hour? You know, is that, that half a step right. that Steph might get on J.C.? Is that the difference in the game or is that a big play that they weren't able to generate on that Monday night. So I, I think there's a ton of respect from the Patriots side to how they look at the bills, you know, like they're just the, the overall talent and, and the problems that so many of those guys present. So I, you know, they're not coming into this thing thinking like, Oh, well we're back home and we beat them once and we're going to walk this one. That's, they okay. don't think that way. And I, I think the other thing is they know like the margin for error for them. Um, like a lot of teams, I think in the NFL, like the bills, um, it's not great. You know, you uh, turn over here. They, they had eight penalties the Patriots did on Saturday night. Yeah. They've had three games with eight penalties this year. Those are the most they've had in each game. They lost every one of those games. You know, it's just like the little things that they can't afford to do. They have to play a certain way. And if that doesn't go that way, it really ups the degree of difficulty for them and for everybody else. I'm curious what, like, the vibe of the fan base is. Because here with the Bills, it's like – it's the Patriots. Of course, it's the Patriots. You know, they're standing in the way. I think a lot of, of um, Bills fans are kind of frustrated by the fact that the Bills are in this situation as well. But I'm just curious, like, what does the fan base feel about this game? Because we know it's a, a spirited group when they uh, they join together for a game. Yeah, no question. Look, it, it, so I think the smart fan 
the one that pays attention to the league each and every year, each and every week, respects the Bills. I think the cocky, arrogant, we've had two decades of success and won a bunch of Super Bowls, even though now one of those key guys, Tom Brady, doesn't play here anymore, thinks that the Bills are less than. You know, like, that's ah, the mm-hmm. Bills. It's the same old Bills. And, and you know, gets reinforced by winning on Monday night, throwing three times yeah. in the rain. Like, oh, it's, I mean, in the wind. It's, oh, it's their game. It's their home fans. It's their environment. We got a rookie quarterback. We throw three times and we beat you. Like, same old Bills, right? So I think the smart fan knows what they have in store for them on Sunday. But the arrogant fan, of which I think there are a fair amount here, uh, <laughs> thinks, like, we got this. No problem. Belichick's going to coach the pants off of McDermott. They're going to shut down Allen. He's going to make a dumb mistake. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I have a lot of family that are New England fans that live in <laughs> so Massachusetts. You know, you know it well. So, yeah, the text threads that I get, uh, it's, a, it's a lot more of what you're talking about. For sure. <laughs> Um, I do want to have just one final question. We know this Bills offense hasn't exactly felt the same like it did a season ago. You know, Allen hasn't been maybe making as many big splash plays that we've seen. But what have you seen from him as of recently as this Bills team kind of gets there, gets, you know, gets going again and, and looking yeah. more like themselves? So, so much of what we do, you know, because the quarterback is the sexy position, right? We, we put so much on that. People talking about who's the MVP and it's Rodgers versus Brady. Well, Jonathan Taylor's got 1,500 yards rushing, but no one wants to talk about him. Or Nick Bosa has 15 sacks and the, nobody – it's just a quarterback thing. So we spend so much time talking about the quarterback and not enough time talking about the big guys up front. And, you know, again, if you go to Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, Brian Dayball, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels on the list. If they said like, well, where does it got to start? It's got to start with those guys up front. And so I think part of the Bills problem to me is not really establishing who they are up front. And, you know, whether it's COVID, whether it's injury, whether guys just haven't performed to the same level, um, that's been a huge problem for them. You, You know, Singletary finally runs the ball well. How how long has it been since they've had a real yeah. good running game? Their best running back for runner has been Josh Allen, right? And that's that's a dangerous way to live. And Josh is beat up for it, right? So I, I think to me, can that, you know, is is Dawkins gonna play? Uh is Feliciano mm-hmm. gonna play? And are they gonna play well? You know, Spencer Brown had sort of a disastrous game playing on the left side, tough spot to be in. But as he said, you know, the penalties and stuff like I, I was a bonehead. I got to play better. That's just that's just it. So I think so much of that is what we've seen from the Patriots during their win streak and during this stretch is much better play up front, both offensively and defensively. And I look at the Bills and say the same thing. Get consistency from those guys, mm-hmm. and that allows your your skill guys to be the elite players that they can be, right? Yeah. Hey, Mike, uh, you've been around uh, Belichick a long time, and I was thinking about this since it worked, obviously, with Brady, and it, Mac Jones seems to be his kind of guy. How do you think it would work if he had Josh Allen as his quarterback? Well, I, th- I mean, look, I-, I think in some ways they would have done what Brian and Sean had to do there, sort of beat some of the bad things, some of the raw <laughs> things out of him. Yeah. Um, you know, again, Belichick, one of the famous things they say around here is before you learn how to win a game, you have to learn how not to lose it. So that's the turnovers. That's the, lo- you know, take the smart play. Don't try to push the ball downfield, you know, five yards of field possession, position could mean all the difference in the world. You might not think it in the moment, but it could long-term. And I think that would have been the challenge for them as well. But look, Josh has shown the ability to sort of embrace this. And the leap that he made last year uh, was something that I don't think a lot of people thought was capable for any quarterback, right? The accuracy part of it, like you have it or you don't. And yes, your accuracy can get incrementally better, but not like this massive leap. Um, And I think there have been times this year because of what's gone on around him, where he's probably tried to play a little bit too much hero ball 
Mm-hmm. But I but you also get that, right? Because he has this ability to sort of extend plays and he, he has the ultimate faith in his arm to, to make those throws. So I think some of the mistakes that have come from that have strictly been because things have broken down around him. And he's like, well, I'm not going to die on this play. I'm going to try to make something happen. And, you know, you get burned by it a few times. And I think yeah. that would have been the challenge for Belichick is sort of like balance the the that instinct in you to go make plays with also like, hey, there are times where you just got to, you know, Run yeah. out of bounds. Throw the we ball into the third row. We might have seen a few more broken tablets on the sidelines. <laughs> it's, li- it's likely. It's likely. I think there were some moments last year with Cam as as yeah. much as he tried to work with that, that there were moments like, dude, like what are we what are we doing? Like you've been in the league for 10 years. What are we doing? But totally different system, you know, and a, yeah. and a guy with different instincts than what he was used to coaching. Mm-hmm. One last question, Mike. Again, we really appreciate your time. No and I, I kind of want to put you on the spot. Ooh. What does this game <laughs> I'm not going to ask you for prediction on the score or who you think is going to win. You can save that for NFL Network. I get that. But if I if you had to say the key to this game or what's the deciding factor, and you can't say line of scrimmage, that's the only thing you can't say, what is the key deciding factor on who wins and loses on Sunday in Foxborough? I think it's who plays the most clean game. I think it's the turnovers and the penalties. I think, again, I think these teams are so close from a talent perspective. Um and, and obviously the, the magnitude of this game, now the nerves are going to get ramped up for both sides. Who handles that? Who doesn't make the, the silly mistake? Who doesn't get the taunting penalty or the late hit? Or, you know, who doesn't, I'm going to throw the ball into a into triple coverage because I trust my guy to go get it, and it ends up as an interception. I think it's one of those games that's going to come down to, you know, it's going to be a three-point game. So don't make the mistake. Let the other guy do it. Whew. It's going to be a good game, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. We know it's it's we <laughs> really appreciate all your expertise and your insight. Uh, we thank were, you. We were talking during the offseason, Mike. Like I said, we 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 talked about when the Patriots made all their signings and spent a quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> right. And one of our last DMs that we had went back and forth was one where you said the AFC East is going to be a beast. <laughs> and, and I remember texting, messaging you yesterday, going. Boy, you were spot on about that. That we're going. It, it took a little summer. while to get going, right? I yeah. mean, the Patriots get slow. The uh, the Dolphins have crawled out of the abyss, right? But now it's like you know, a lot can happen here in the next few weeks. Yeah, awesome. a lot, a lot of drama. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it, Mike Giardi of the NFL Network. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you coming on the Buffalo Plus podcast. Thanks for having me. Anytime. All right, that was pretty cool. We want to thank Mike for coming on. Um, Mike, I want to know what is something that you took away from what he had to say. Yeah, a couple of things, but the main one was when he talked about the talent level being that close, and I yeah. don't think he would have said that a year ago. Yeah, And New England has no. done it, and they got the guys back. And look, you know, it's it's Belichick. They're smart. They always not just get talent, but develop talent. You know, they let Stefan Gilmore go, and their secondary is still really good. So they know how to both bring them in and develop them. Last year, in that case, was an aberration. He's right. The talent levels are close. They're done in a different way. Dan, if you put these two teams together, you're winning the next five Super Bowls because they've got a lot of things. You know, give the Bills this offensive and defensive line. Give the Patriots maybe Josh Allen. But it was interesting when he said that. I think he's right. The talent level's close. Two things stood out to me. One was Mac Jones from Saturday. Again, we were all having dinner. We were enjoying our time together. And the fact of he said that Mac Jones really – stepped up in the second half. We were kind of eating and, and half watching it. We watched the final, you know, the fourth quarter. We watched the play where they, they kicked the field goal to make it a 10-point game. Yeah. But he said that like Mac k- kind of pulled them back. And yeah. again, 
for those casual, you know, viewers, it was like they lost, they were down 20 points, like Max stung. This is, this is the rookie quarterback. And he said like, no, like they, they put the ball in his hands to, Hey, throw us back into a game, which is kind of interesting with the fact yeah. of that's what Josh did the week before in Tampa, like single-handedly put the team on his back, said, Hey, I'll get you there. That, that stood out to me that, that even in that spot, the first time they were really faced with adversity, they liked the way that Mac handled it. And again, he made a good point. It's one thing to get there. It's nothing to get close. It's another thing to get there, get close, and then get the win, which they yeah. weren't able to do, but but to put his hands there. And then he said, calmer heads will prevail. That's who wins the game. And, and that's something that we've always talked about with Josh, is staying calm. And again, Spencer Brown's had a couple of times where mm-hmm. he had the taunting penalty he said after the game, that was me just being like an idiot. Like, the crowd knows that. Those kind of things are all ramped up in a game that's mm-hmm. pretty much for a division title. Josh staying calm. We you know we say that he gets sometimes he gets too amped up and that running and taking a hit sometimes settles him down. Josh being calmed down and you know a, a pretty young, questionable offensive line. Who knows the status of Deion Dawkins as we record this on Monday? But Spencer yeah. Brown going into a very hostile environment um, with everything on the line is was one of the things to point out because again the Patriots had some dumb penalties, had a punt blocked, all of those things in a you know in Indy. Yeah, I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway is, you know, he was talking about the fact that, okay, no turnovers, a clean game, no penalties, all that stuff, but handling of the nerves. And that is something that I think sometimes we forget about or we kind of discredit. Um, But we've seen in instances in the past, and I think about when Josh Allen played the Patriots early on in his career and knowing what he was going up against. And sometimes I felt like that moment was too big and it felt too big and things kind of started to, 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 to crumble. That being said, this is obviously a more experienced Josh Allen, a more talented group as well. But um, that's going to be the interesting point. How does Mac Jones react in his rookie season playing in this game, this type of expectations, the caliber of what's at stake, uh, all those types of things that we know this is a big game. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a tight game, but it's like, how, how do these guys prepare for that yeah. aspect? I, that's a great point. And I would say this, it's hard to find the scenario where Mac Jones outplays Josh Allen in the bills win. Correct. Okay. So Josh is the better player. He's more experienced player. He needs to lead them. And the other thing Mike said that I think we all understand is that there's a lot of arrogant Patriot fans. <laughs> that was, I mean, so- come on, you win for two decades. You kind of have sort of yeah, the right to break the that fan way. base into two, two different sections. Like we yeah. talked about yeah. this one, the other one, we really can't even address the cocky air guns. Well, like, really type- in Western New York, we're nowhere near that. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for everyone for watching or if you're listening to the podcast, we have a lot of great stuff coming up. Mike and I will be in New England for this one um, in Foxborough. We'll have our show on Thursday. Uh, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we're going to do our show Thursday night to get you ready uh, like we do every week. Thursday, seven o'clock right here on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. And by the way, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. All of our Buffalo Plus family. They've been really good. to. May we be the first. To wish you Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. The yeah. first. From, yeah. And maybe <laughs> the last. No, I'm kidding. Um, yes, we always appreciate all the love and support. So I hope everyone out there has a healthy, safe, yeah. happy holiday season. Uh, we'll have plenty more coverage on the Buffalo Plus YouTube. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to keep Dan happy. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll see you next time on the Buffalo Plus channel.
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.